This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the mid-alt that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Hello, I am Annabelle and I'm absolutely fine, but I've spent most of this morning shoveling shit and not metaphysical shit, imaginary shit. London was flooded yesterday, swathes of London were flooded and I cannot tell you what came into my house and into my kitchen and the chaos Mm. and the panic and the filth and the feeling of loss of control. But the odd thing is, is that while this sort of apocalyptic feeling, very stinky, expensive disaster is happening, I feel less anxious than I normally do by some way because when you're actually focused on something kind of rubbish that's going on, there, there isn't any room to sweat the small stuff when you're literally spattered with raw sewage. Also, you've been preparing for shit coming into your life, like, all of your life. <laughs> if you are, exactly, if you're constantly in crisis mode and, yeah, exactly. and, and, and constantly catastrophizing, then it's like, right, so I've just been proven right. That's yeah. never a bad feeling. You know the wall of shit is coming, and it did. Here it is. And you were magnificent. Do you think so? I really, I'm so impressed. I'm so impressed with your I did shit roll up my sleeves. <laughs> Well, my really nice neighbour said, oh, someone's coming to clean out our kitchen because I can't face it. But he could probably do you as well. It's 960 quid plus VAT. And I went, do you know what? I'll roll up my leggings. I'll roll up my sleeves. I'll spend £2.50 on some heavy duty gloves and a mop I can throw away. And I'll do it for free. But oh, my God, the ordeal. Oh, my God, the ordeal. How are you, Em? You know what? I'm absolutely fine. But the other day, there were these photographs circulating on Twitter and the sphere of Harry Styles on a yacht with Olivia Wilde. And all I cared about was what she was reading. And I feel like, you know, you've crossed a Rubicon when you actually care more about what the book is than who they're shagging, basically. I just, no fucks given or whatever. I just wanted to know what she was reading, which our sources tell us is probably Sorrow and Bliss by... Meg Mason, which, which is, is a magnificent book. A magnificent book that we Let's have... stay with, with sex and books today. Yes, we're going to stay with sex and books because today our guest is writer Phoebe Luckhurst. Now, her first novel, The Lock-In, is out next week. Now, she's one of those millennial workaholics because she wrote the novel in lockdown whilst also holding down a big full-time job. She knows everything you need to know about sex and dating but we're afraid to ask, from how to write hinge profiles to all her horrible frontline dating stories. Now, Phoebe... How are you? I'm absolutely fine. But I got so sunburned in Cornwall that overnight I've aged 30 years. (laughs) And I know that that is very superficial, but I do care. I do really care. What happened to (laughs) the SPF? 
Oh, well, the awful thing that happened with the SPF is that I put a lot of it in places, but I did it so badly that you've got these like patchy finger marks across my back where you can literally see where I missed it. Uh, and then my forehead is already starting to um, peel. Did you miss and your hairline? Yeah, I missed the my hairline. Error, exactly isn't that. It? Yeah. It's all gone wrong. So I know that's a superficial one, but I do care. It does bother me. I am sweating the small stuff. Um, do you care about not having an even tan or do you care about wrinkles and, and skin cancer? Or do you care about all of those? Bit of both, yeah. actually. Um, yeah. I'm going to a wedding at the weekend, and so I'd hoped to look like lightly bronzed, but now I think I might have to wear something kind of fully covered. Um, and I do also care about the wrinkles because I've spent too much time looking at myself on a screen, and it's damaging for yourself. Catching yourself at the wrong angle on the screen, it's like shop window. Oh, cute. Mirror in the loo. Oh, cute. And your phone catches you like, oh my god, beast. Oh my god. Beast crone hag. I don't think there's anything less relaxing than accidentally swiping left on your phone we're going to talk about swiping and all the different swipings but swiping left on your phone and accidentally opening insta stories and looking at that creature that's there and thinking holy oh. fuck who is that imagine the situations the that you would get yourself into if you were on hinge or bumble <laughs> or tinder imagine because you'd be desperate not to hurt anyone's feelings technologically you know i mean disastrous and uh, you know you could get yourself into all kinds of trouble. From what I understand about Hinge, is this right? So or or Bumble or Tinder or any of these apps, is you have to sort of not care too much. Do you think that's right? I think you definitely have to not care too much because if you did care even a little bit, then you would re- you'd be in a dangerous zone, kind of emotionally, psychologically. I think because it is all quite disposable and it is obviously very superficial. Like no matter how long you spend crafting a, a brilliant, eloquent profile, people are mainly looking at your pictures, which is awful. But again, it is the world we seem to live in. So I think that you do have to slightly play it as a bit of a numbers game and just mm. do a lot of swiping. But you that it feels sometimes when I talk to people about it, like it. If you want any success, and you know, unless the universe is wildly on your side, you kind of have to treat it like yet another job. I think that's completely true. Like I actually have friends who have sort of designated like periods of their day specifically to doing their swiping. Like it's sort of part of like the to-do list of like, you know, 12 to one, do emails and one to two, do my swiping. So I think you just have to think about it like that because there are so many people using the apps and so many swipes to do. You just, you have to make a dent in it by just doing as many as possible. Otherwise you're not getting anywhere. What do you think is the sort of day. hit rate in terms of like how many times you have to swipe and how many things you have to go through before you actually do an IRL? How many times you have to text? Then how many times, I don't even know, like then meeting IRL and then finding someone you actually like. I mean, is it like so a sort I of feel, 1%? I feel, I mean, to, I must, it's low. Number's not my strong point, but low, 1%. I think that the, be- the most successful times are when you take it off the app straight away and you take it to WhatsApp because I think there's something about using it within the app the app kind of messaging center uh, that feels like incredibly disposable whereas when someone's in like your whatsapp inbox it feels a bit yes, more because personal. if you're talking on the app at any point that person could change their mind and completely unmatch you disappear. and they're gone yeah. whereas once you're on and whatsapp you formed something closer to a human connection completely that also arranging dates quite quickly is another thing i think kind of works instead of getting into this like endless like pen pal situation where you're texting someone night and day but like you have absolutely no plans to meet up and then it's like you don't really need another pen pal you don't need another person do you think that the that each app has its own kind of atmosphere so is one the one if you just want to get laid another is one if you want someone who's like you know how does that break down that landscape I would say, like, crude terms, Tinder's the one if you just 
kind of want to get laid and that's just the vibe. It's, it's probably the most superficial of all of them. Hinge, its tagline is like, it's an app that's made to be deleted. And so I think that people kind of go on there and certainly claim that what they want is a relationship. Uh, again, like that probably varies from person to person. And then Bumble's the one where, um, I mean, these are the three that are the kind of most used among people mm. I know. Um, Bumble's the one where women have to message first. So again, there's a sort of rumour that you find like a higher quality of man on there, but then also, is that true? I don't know. <laughs> I well. don't know. Is it true? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's the blind leading the blind here oh on uh, It's the blind leading the blind. <laughs> I've always wondered if, you know, sure you can pick someone up in the bar, but that really old fashioned thing of meeting someone through friends. I always think if you meet someone through friends, then they are just a little bit accountable for their mm, behaviour. That's true. Um, and might not behave thoughtlessly badly because their friend might go why the fuck did you do that I just set you up with this person whereas online dating the emotional stakes are quite high aren't they I think the emotional stakes are high but you're completely right about the word accountability is a really good point because there, there is no basic you know accountability like it's very easy just to vanish online whereas yes if there's a person in the middle saying okay you didn't need to treat my friend like that you know there's someone there who's stopping you from being your worst version of yourself. Mm. Whereas I think the thing about online dating is it's so easy just to find another person, just to be like, actually, I'm bored of them. You just ghost, ghost, ghost. And then you can do another swipe and find another match. So I think it does completely take away the accountability. I tell everyone to ask you, because you're a bit younger than us, reading your lovely book, funny book, <laughs> Lock In. It, it struck us that, you know, it's, it's sort of about dating and sex, but no one has sex. They just worry about it a lot, <laughs> which is kind of the way our guys see your guys. There's this thing going around about that, you know, well, the thing is no one under 35 has sex anymore. <laughs> is there any truth in that? You're all busy writing novels and swiping. Uh, when do I have time? Uh, <laughs> I think that it's probably true that there's an enormous amount of neuroticism about dating and everyone's so like, horribly self-aware and I mean I suppose the last year or so of kind of being online probably hasn't helped but even before that I think that there was an awful lot of talk and navel gazing and like worrying about your profile and its pictures and like what you put on it and probably less just like getting down to it so what we maybe do need is just lots of people like meeting in bars and like etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> what is the kind of modern received wisdom around what makes a decent profile a, an attractive you know Profile, lucrative profile in terms of lucrative is a good word. Well, let's, you um, know, we're treating it like a business. <laughs> yeah, treat it if yeah. Well, exactly. Continuing the metaphor of it being business. I mean, obviously, nice pictures do help, but also there are even within the like picture genre. Like, you don't want one where there's too many of them, like with their mates, and you're like, well, can't tell which one you are. And then you don't want one of the kind of like Tinder cliches of like someone with a tiger. And <laughs> you don't want like I mean, I like I know friends who've seen people with like. Have, have used wedding pictures as their profiles. And it's like, you, presumably you are no longer married, but still a bit what, weird. What, their weddings? I thought you meant like they were the best man. No, no literally a bride and a groom. What, like, this that's is when I look back. the bride's face cut out. <laughs> very seriously. I mean, cross. I tell you what I always think is awful is, hi, hey, here's me with a famous person. Yeah, oh, that's, that is awful. <laughs> you never quite, it's like, what are you trying to say? Yeah, well, is this famous person your friend or did you like, accost them on a night out? Neither is great. In terms of words, I think, I mean, again, it's to some extent probably matters. It depends on what you're into. But I feel like people who are funny do well. And funny in that particularly kind of internet humour sort of way, like you're quite quippy, you're quite like, you're good at doing a, like a snappy tweet, et cetera, et cetera. You've got a sort of fun take. I always found like sincerity is a bit, whoa, on a dating app, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a bit too much. Much better in real life, though. Much better, absolutely. That's like, completely sort of like... true. Much better in real life. 
Um, you had me at, no, not hello. You had me at, this is a really funny take on my life. But actually, what I really want from you is like, are you honest or are you there? But you can't do that. It's, it's must completely be very complicated. That. And also, if you yeah. say to someone, are you honest? They're not going to say, no. <laughs> you know, it, it, it robs you of all that instinct you might have around someone who's got a very shifty you know, atmosphere. You, you know, you, there's no point saying, so, you know, are, are you a good one? Because no one's going to say, no, I'm one of the bad guys. <laughs> I'm one of the I, bit shit. I know. I thought it was really interesting that, um, that in America, after the storming of the Capitol, girls use their people's dating profiles to like shop them to the FBI yes. people who've been storming the capital because they were like here look at me this is what I've I do on them. my weekends it's like okay report 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 <laughs> there you go mm. anyway because you do you do kind of I suppose you forget what what it is that people might find attractive in yeah. real life if you're online so in yeah. the Amazon jungle of yes. online dating there you know there, there is obviously a relative measure of success or it wouldn't happen mm. but um but what does it look like when um when you match with someone and uh and it goes really really wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Got Straight it. Can to go, the hard stuff. It can go wrong in I mean so so many different ways. I mean I do have a friend who used Tinder so often in one day that they were suspended from the app altogether. Like they weren't <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. So some people can't even get past that first hurdle. Recent breakup and they were just like swipe, 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 and then Tinder contacted them and was like, you can't. You can't be this way. <laughs> we're worried you about your mental health. health. We're, con- we're concerned. Or so are yeah, you a bot? obviously you have to. Are you also are you a bot? I suppose they have to do some kind of. But then, yeah, they they don't police other things on there. But they were just concerned that someone had like swiped too many times. Um, so I guess there's like you obviously have to get past that first hurdle. Um, I think everyone also has had the time where they've gone on a date with someone who like is basically looks nothing like their profile and is like absolutely lacking in any kind of charisma at all <laughs> and so like getting through like 45 minutes of a drink is like actually quite agonizing yes uh, not and, me, what happen- if- and I think what can happen if you're not careful is you you, you know uh, you, you walk in and then there's a man who said he was six foot two and he's five foot two and yeah. he said he was 30 and he's 65 yeah. and so on and so forth and you know you, you know and, and as you sit there trying and then the conversation is the opposite of sparkling and so what you have to deal with is is, is, is not having terrible, is trying not to have terrible manners, because I think you always feel you have to look after their feelings, whilst also dealing with your feelings of panic, self-hatred and failure. <laughs> Completely that. And I think that, like, as a female people pleaser, I've definitely been on dates where I've kind of felt like, oh, I should, I should this is obviously awful and we're never, ever going to see each other ever again if I have anything to do with it. But I feel the need to, like, fill the silences and, and kind of keep it going. And then you suddenly wonder that maybe they're going to think it's going really well. And yeah, that's yeah, why you're yeah. having, like, a great chat. And then if someone suggests a second drink, you're like, oh, yeah, I suppose. Oh, my um, God. And yes, then suddenly, it was if, awful. Also, even if they're, you know, even if they're hell on legs, if they don't suggest a second drink, you're offended you're and upset. Offended. Yeah. Completely. I mean, to be fair, as a female people pleaser dating in the kind of 90s I, I slept with loads of people I just in order to kind of I don't know move it's things not along to upset them. Just, yes. well exactly it's just you know, like well I must be polite I suppose exactly <laughs> like yeah, let's just be nice um, you're a nice girl I think it's also why ghosting ends up feeling appealing to both genders in some ways because you instead of having to go through like the awkward conversation or find a way to say to someone I don't want to see you anymore you can just switch off and it's obviously horrible in lots of ways but I I can see why that kind of happens oh yeah so many of us can be cowards about it let's face it do you think that the more online dating you do because of the transactional nature of it inevitably the more ruthless you get 
Or you could I think say that's practical. Yeah. Yes, I think, yeah, there's definitely a kind of pragmatism. Again, it kind of slightly comes back down to a numbers game, but also I think you probably just become a bit insulated from people's feelings and like the reality of how something like that might make them feel. Because like, for all you know, th- that you could have been their first hinge day ever, but you've done so many before that it kind of doesn't mean as much to you. Mm-hmm. So I think it can definitely mean that people feel a little bit less empathetic to others' feelings, which is probably true of like everything across social media and like the online world. But mm-hmm. I definitely think it's true in dating. This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now, you guys know that we're not shy about getting things off our chest. The tiny inconveniences that can ruin our days to the big, overwhelming worries that can flood our nights. Trouble is, we all got into the habit of saying, I'm absolutely fine. Emily and I added the but specifically to get off autopilot and give ourselves the space to say what we were really experiencing. But we weren't always so free with our inner furies. A few years ago, I began experiencing debilitating panic attacks because I felt I couldn't tell anyone all the things that I was feeling, that I was not coping, that I felt like a failure. I was so ashamed, so I kept it all bottled inside. And of course, it started leaking out. It was only when I found a therapist and began sharing those doubts and insecurities with her that the panic began to dissipate. Because therapy can be a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash midalt. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash midalt. Better help, because sometimes the best thing to do is acknowledge that we are not, in fact, absolutely fine. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can you talk us through some of the uh, worst dating stories that you and your friends have lived through? I mean, the worst thing I ever did on Tinder was simply that I stood someone up because I literally completely forgot about the day, which You're made so me cool. just feel. But that uh, thing is, I that's wasn't. like people who say, absolutely... "Oh my god, I forgot to eat." <laughs> I'm never that person. I, I was absolutely gutted after a breakup. It was it was a long time ago, but I was and I was really trying to like throw myself into it and. I had been chatting away to this lovely guy and we actually did have a friend in common, although we had met on an app. And then I just, I don't know what happened. And I just, he, te- he was texting being like, where are you? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then suddenly he was like, oh my God. And I just completely stood him up and then he never wanted to talk to me again, which is entirely justified. But I did feel like absolutely awful about it. So that's, it's not the worst, but it so was- So even relatively nice people do bad things. Nice people. <laughs> um, so my friend met up 
with a guy and this friend had just broken up with his ex and the guy that he was meeting also just broken up with an ex and fairly quickly they realised it was the same ex who had been dating them both at the same time. <laughs> oh, that actually <laughs> happened? Yes. They Did they then plan, then, a plan for murder slash humiliation slash revenge? They de- then went out for like four months um, and I think their entire relationship was forged around their like mutual betrayal and hatred again it was like a kind of they'd both gone on straight after breaking up with the same guy and we're in a very emotionally vulnerable place and I think that's the other thing about dating apps is it's where people go straight after they've been dumped and so you have a lot of people on there who are feeling quite like emotionally raw everything's quite close to the surface and so they're in a slightly vulnerable state Um, and so yes that was traumatic I remember picking up the pieces after that (laughs) after the after the four-month relationship Yes, after the four-month relationship, because it was kind of like... used to call penis pals. If you'd both slept with the same man, you were penis pals. <laughs> I know, I think there's a lot of... Um, there must be a lot of people on there who actually genuinely don't know why they're there. And so therefore, mm. either behave like kids in candy store, and so therefore just want to fuck everything, or just or, or just have multiple dates or whatever. Or they're so bruised and damaged and from their relationship that they are literally like, what am I doing? And, and, and they probably, and we're always talking about people who kind of speak the language of commitment, but without having their light on. So it's like, if you just come out of a relationship, you're like, chat, chat, chat. Yeah, I understand this sort of stuff, but actually you're not ready for it. So, so the other person is doubly confused because there's yes, interest. And also, you know, and also at the same time, the person's completely shut down. It's interesting how men often choose to say that they're not ready after they've had sex with someone. Oh, it's probably that, isn't it? Wait to throw that one in. I mean, sometimes five minutes (laughs) after 30 seconds. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Oh, I'm not ready. Oh, I'm no longer ready. (laughs) Um, That's a hell of a coincidence, Phoebe. So it is a hell of a coincidence. Um, I think also the other problem about using dating apps is that it means it's so you just get plugged into someone's life and you start searching them everywhere on the internet so my friend had uh, a lovely date with a girl and he was you know, he was quite excited about her but it, it wasn't like love at first sight because like we'd probably go on another another date and then <laughs> it became quite clear in the aftermath that she had started sort of following a lot of his friends on Instagram and Twitter and she'd signed up for the newsletter of his sister's quite small scale catering company so it was like quite like granular detail and like maybe she was just quite excited and it's like obviously it's quite sweet but it's also made him feel a bit like is she a bit of a bunny boiler which again possibly uh, my, isn't my, fair. My take but... on that was she was no more of a bunny boiler you know which is a terrible sexist term <laughs> I although, know. although you know you than any of us she Absolutely. just was a bit naive and got caught yeah it's she doesn't it. turn mi6 the moment you have a surname yeah that's that's what i think and actually, that is what i said so i was like to be honest we've all sort of been there yeah and you've done the thing where you've like liked someone's instagram photo from like six years ago and oh like, my god i think it's called a deep, deep. like isn't yes it? a yeah. deep like yeah oh. exactly so it is it's obviously mortifying but then he just started to feel a bit uncomfortable about it. i think again because lots of his friends was sort of mentioning it and then he felt like some of his friends started mentioning it to one another and then <laughs> you just start to feel I don't know again it's it's not fair it's a bit you know whatever but it made him feel creeped out had they to, met to start they had met they'd been on one nice date do you know what I think sometimes I think you know you know if 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 you meet and the chemistry's there, then you can do all you can you know you can be as bunny boiling as you like and they're probably gonna want a second date. It's true. Did, did they yeah, have a so sometimes these things are just an excuse. No. 
No, I think it could. Yeah, that's the other thing I think people come up with quite sort of extravagant excuses these days for why things might not be working. Yeah. yeah. Right. Punctuation. Like, I think loathe to have. <laughs> exactly. Punctuation. Like, they, they used a crying laughing emoji, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I think that people do get... Because they're a bit scared of being honest and, like, facing down a sort and of conversation. And then you see someone who just really fancies someone and they mow through all their red flags. Oh, yeah. You can have all the emojis oh, yeah. and mispunctuation you want, and you know all the all the research. You know, and they are just Completely. they buy on the prize. Yeah, I mean, I have another person who had a series of really great hinge dates and then dumped someone after an unfavorable tarot card reading, which I felt was like probably the most millennial thing that they've ever done. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't bode well for their future happiness, does it? I think no. you. I think I always know that my life's going wrong when I start reading and believing my horoscopes. Yeah, because you're and, again, you're looking for excuses and patterns and answers. And all that mystical that stuff, tarot and psychics, it's all super fun when you're in a happy place. But if you're in a desperate place, it's addictive and unhelpful, I think. Also, I think sometimes you feel, I signed up for CoStar, and, which is mm, a sort I have of CoStar. astrology, and, and, and it just gaslights you. It sends you, like, watch out for the clip, for the, for the wall of shit that's coming your way. I mean, yes, today would have been morning. a good one to oh have it. But, <laughs> but, um, but you're like, oh, my God, this is making me feel really panicky and stressed. Like, since when astrology has become super specific and really not as sort of lovely, like, you know, some of you are going to have a good time. Others are going to find a struggle. You I might find a key. saw a friend of mine's husband on Tinder once. Oh, I've had that as well. <laughs> and then what do you do? It is agonising. So it was a boyfriend, not a husband. But um, in the end, I did mention it to them. So because I. I felt like, you, I feel like you can't really not, even though it's uncomfortable information to sit with and... Yeah, Everything I about just decided it, it was better. It's incredibly uncomfortable. But then, yeah. And then, uh, and in this particular instance, the woman was at a point in her life where I thought she needed all the information available to her so she could make a really big decision. Yeah. And actually, I didn't even get, I didn't even finish the sentence. She knew exactly, yeah. you know, I said, I have something to tell you. And she, and she yeah. just, you know, she just said, you saw him on Tinder, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, awful. I mean, but I agonised in my Emily for, I mean, for, for weeks. And then yeah. you've got to sort of set up the conversation and then you've, you know, mm. you know. But also, isn't that idiotic? Isn't that wanting to be caught? I would argue it is because so many people use these apps. It's surely fairly easy to be detected. Like, if you've got a pool of certain number of friends, which most people do at a certain point in their life, then it's sure. I, mean, I do think it's asking for trouble. I think it's a sort of peacocking thing where you're like, I'm, I'm sabotaging this because I sort of want someone to find me out. What do you do if you see your own ex-boyfriend oh. on an app? Do you swipe right I have, for a laugh? I, have. <laughs> I actually have once and I did. And then we had a bit of a laugh and then... We sort of stopped having a laugh because we remembered why we broke up and it wasn't very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this really is like like awful. Incredibly uncomfortable. Thanks. Yes, I remember this pain. It's like addiction when you relapse straight to the worst place. Yes. You don't go back to the beginning when it was fun. You go immediately to Ooh. like, oh, yes, the, no, this is not the bad good. bit. What's the, the, what's the acceptable kind of time? Like, at what point do you, if you're dating someone and then you see them on the apps, is that acceptable? At what point do you go exclusive? Exactly. It's, like, how does that work? You're looking... So at what point do you have the conversation, which is, I don't want to see anybody else, I'm coming off, what are you doing? Yeah. Is that what you do? Yeah. 
Yes, I think, again, it's another one of those things that's been slightly muddied by the existence of the apps in the first place. It's just like, it's your phone and it's there and you're a bit bored and maybe you're and still kind oh, of... Oh, I didn't realise my profile was still active. I <laughs> oh, I didn't realise my profile was still active. Completely. There and is just bottomless room for terrible behaviour. There is, and I think it does really enable it. And I also know people who have been, they've got past the point of kind of exclusivity with someone that they met on a dating app and then they've... In fact, with one friend, she'd opened her account to kind of deactivate it. But then it meant that the app was sort of like in use on her phone. And then her boyfriend kind of saw her phone later and was a bit like, oh, are you still using it? I thought we weren't doing that anymore. And she was like, ah, no, I I was trying to deactivate it. And then it kind of gets like into a circle of like, is that true? I think it can breed a bit of distrust at the beginning of relationships, perhaps, because um, you are aware that you were probably one of like six or seven dates that they might have arranged at the point when they met you. And you might not even have been like the favourite one, you know? You could have just been the one that was available that time and and it's kind of the timeline's fallen out nicely. You've managed to have a few dates, but maybe he was really interested in someone else when he first started messaging you. So I think it also, there's a lot of questions about that in your head. Yeah, oh my God. It's like a breeding ground for paranoia. I mean, it's already hard mm. enough, especially as as we have all established, we are terrible people pleasers. It's like, for me, I think it would be a nightmare, actually. Yes. I would... Oh, I think you'd go mad within a day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, and I certainly know people who delete and reinstate the apps pathologically, like almost hourly, when you have some, when someone's unmatched you and it really hurts, or when you say you delete it and then you get bored and maybe there'll be someone, because it's a sort of narcotic thing that, that, you know, they could be, the next swipe could be him or her. Also, Absolutely. I think we're also made to feel that this is now the only place to meet people mm. in that way, which I think is mm. which I think is really reductive because actually the stats are not good, are they? That it's like not really like four percent or something. I don't have it specific. Actually, meet on on the app. So so, but your hundred percent of your attention is on it. hundred percent, and also, but by the time you you'd give up, wouldn't you? Did you find that people that the people just think I can't do this anymore? I definitely know people who've done kind of long breaks from app dating as a kind of essentially like as a sort of detox sort of thinking like I'd rather not date at all than this have to be so consuming. I think that the problem is that you always kind of get dragged back there in the end, possibly just because the apps are like targeting you with advertising, but also because you don't see another way of doing it, I guess. Particularly not after the last year and a half we've had. But is, if, you're, if you're 30, um, are apps really, is that the only accepted way to meet people? Is that just the way you go about it? I think it's not the only way, but I think it's the easiest way. Mm. And again, people are quite lazy, I suppose, yeah. to some extent. Yeah, it's like um, delivery, isn't it? I mean, or... It's like all the, I mean, they are just so analogous to all other apps that you use. It's like, mm. of course, you're going to use delivery. Of course, you're going to use Uber. Of course, you're going to use everything that makes your life basically as like frictionless as possible. But also, make, it's a way but also it doesn't to... make you feel brilliant about yourself. <laughs> Completely, it doesn't. Like, no, you're, you're kind of trapped I'm going to, in like I'm going to cycle. punish myself with convenience. <laughs> yes. Why you would can you... also get people who are very aggressive and decide that it's their duty to point out your flaws. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think also breakups from those apps can also turn a little bit like that. Like there can be a real itemization of like, because they get into quite granular detail of like, well, you message me in a specific way and I don't know why you do this. And it's like, okay, I don't think you need to attack absolutely everything about my... The trouble is, is when, is, 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 when, is, is when you swipe, you're kind of swiping on a fantasy. And it's very easy after a lot of WhatsApping to think that you know someone, to think that you're in a kind of virtual relationship, you don't know them and you're not. And so yes. it, means that, that it means that when your hopes are confounded, you, I think you can feel very cheated and, and sort of, you know, poisonously disappointed, which makes you... Yeah. Mean. 
Yeah, I think that's true. That's true. It does make you mean. And there's no context on on texting either in terms of you can't hear people's voices. You can't get nuance. You can't get necessarily the jokes. There's so many opportunities for missed communication. Well, we all know really boring, unpleasant people who are brilliant on text. Yeah. And really compelling, funny people who can't quite deliver the one-liner. So it's definitely weighted in a direction of certain skills, isn't it? Yes, that's definitely very true. And again, makes it all feel a bit like a job. It's like you're... You're going to be a much better applicant if you're good at certain things. But obviously, we do all know brilliant people in real life who just probably wouldn't avail themselves very well on a dating app, but they are actually great. And I know very few people who um, have actually sort of done their own profile by themselves. It's a community effort, isn't it, to choose the pictures, to write the profile... And everyone's got, yes, everyone's got the phrases that that um, that turn them off. When when I dipped a toe in the water, um, the the phrase that I took exception to, which is used a lot, is "I don't take life too seriously," <laughs> because <laughs> I thought I thought that that just means you don't take responsibility for anything. That just means you just go, "Well, I don't take life too seriously." It was just a joke. I mean, let's just be light. And I just thought, yeah. "Oh, I don't like that at all." No, I, I yeah, life is serious. You never know yes. when the wall of shit is coming. Oh, God, stop it. I do feel like <laughs> so I'm now someone could... you about the shit. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like someone could write a great book of literally just, like, red flags for dating apps and, like, phrases like that and exactly what that means. Because <laughs> I feel like that would be quite a helpful dating man. But we all people. have our weird, unhelpful uh, sort of barriers we can't cross. And so, uh, you know, mine were... <laughs> and it's not based on anything logical. It can literally be, like, a name from someone you were at school with you didn't like, you know, or whatever. And mine were, I didn't like, I don't take life too seriously. I didn't like the word banter, ever. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I felt that I could never, ever be with a man called Lee. <laughs> <laughs> just ever just 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 ever maybe i'm you know maybe i'm doing myself out of all sorts of opportunities oh my god yes of course because i met lee from the bants bus the other day and he'd be perfect for you babe <laughs> what are we doing anyway you should put your red flag all in in your second book which i it's uh, true which, i should no, which knowing you you're probably writing right now i am i've basically i'm polishing the first draft but it's slightly making my head explode. So I need some time to devote to it. So um, less swiping, more writing. More writing, more writing. <laughs> um, but in terms of like, you know, because you know, I, I think, you know, with, with if you're 45 and you think about the dating apps, depending on what you want, you can feel really great about them or really terrible about them. If you're 30, is the accepted wisdom that they are useful but risky? Or what's your guy's sort of attitude towards love online? I would say... Useful but risky is a good way of putting it. I mean, people, I do know people who are in like very long term happy relationships that met on dating apps. So, like, it, they, they can get the job done. Those tend but to I be apocryphal you, tales, don't they? They're, they're we about to we say, all know <laughs> two Tinder people. marriage. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that you put yourself at risk of your heart being bruised and your emotions being quite bruised as well. And I think that, you know, you have. You just heard so many other horror stories, not nice stories about people getting married, but kind of stories about people just completely disappearing or like receiving horrible messages from people or just or like having, having a, or having literally time. a family. Or having literally a family. Or exactly but it's diseases. I mean, you know In fact, a friend of mine, that did happen. She found out that this guy was a literally a different person and they had been dating for a long time. That's a horror story, I forgot. She found out in one of those kind of awful ways where she was at his house on his laptop watching something and something pops up and then it turned out that the person had like a different name entirely and and did have like a, another relationship that was sort of like bubbling in the background but still very much sort of a presence in his life and she was texting me at the time that she was finding it out and I was like just get out of there right now like again 
you know, it's, it's a funny story, but it also has its kind of element of being a bit of a scary story as well. And I think people do know that that sort of stuff happens too, and it makes them feel a bit nervous. So... Yes, and, just, and also just the, sort of, just the sort of technological nature of it, I suppose, kills quite a lot of the thrill. You know, it's not yes. eyes meeting across a crowded room, is it? It's no, a sort that's of true. profile picture of someone you think you might be able to bear. And it does all sorts of things to our self-image and who we see ourselves with and robs us of, of all sorts of our instincts. So it's, you know, it's, it's a different way. Yes, and I think what you said about sort of the idea of like never being able to date someone called Lee is that like everyone goes into it with this idea of who they are and the kind of person they're looking for. And it does kind of take away the kind of swept along and the tide of love sort of feeling. Because people fall for strange people who they wouldn't expect to fall for all the time. But I think with the, because with the dating app, you've gone in there being like, well, this is my type of person and this is who I am. It may be also kind of cuts away some of those possible connections. Yes, because in a way what you're doing is swiping right on your own identity. Exactly. Or being much less open-minded. Who am I? It's all, it's all actually about you rather than about anyone that you're meeting in And I guess place. that endless re- sort of reflecting back is what ends up being the most heartbreaking thing. Because if you yes. constantly luck out or or it doesn't work, then you're basically, it's like you're rejecting your, yourself or your idea of, of who you are every time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh. It becomes quite harming to your identity. Yeah. <laughs> but lots of people say it can be really, really fun. Also true. I think that is also... And, like, you know, good dates are good dates, right? Like, I know friends who've, like, sort of ended up staying out, like, for two days with someone that they met and, like, actually didn't really go anywhere, but it was such a great story. It's, like, the best of the kind of Guardian blind dates, you know, the ones that always go viral and it's like, yeah. oh, we ended up at this house party. <laughs> you know, like, they can obviously behind the can be like that. that so, kind of yeah. yeah, completely. Like, I think especially if you're at a point where what you are up for is actually just a bit of fun and, like... Obviously, it's great if it goes somewhere, but you're not really hugely invested. Like, it's not just post-relationship when you're vulnerable. It's when you actually are just, like, looking to go on some fun dates. I mean, I think they're probably out. best when you're actively not looking for a relationship, aren't they? I, I think that's probably true. I think that if you're going in there being like, I would actually like to find someone properly, that's when you're in the most vulnerable stage whereas if you're going in being like do you know what I'd like to find is some fun nights with some good people and I'm not that emotionally invested and then you'll just have a kind of fun time like it's it's interesting to meet new people it's fun to go out for a drink you know <laughs> yeah I mean but you know and you're now a sort of a sort of dating expert you're a you're a modern a luminary expert. modern luminary <laughs> absolutely <laughs> if I ever decide to go on those apps again I'm going to come and see you this is a threat we're going to write my profile another <laughs> threat idea. choose my pictures and then you can manage all the discourse <laughs> How do you feel about that? Absolutely, I'd love to. Okay. <laughs> Another side Can't hustle mean. for your... When I'm married to the gorgeous <laughs> Lee, I'll have you to thank. Lee from Bant's Cards. Oh, Phoebe, <laughs> thank you for coming to see us. Best of luck with your book. You're amazing. Thank you for having me. So lovely to see you. Thank lovely you so much. Lovely to see you both. You've been listening to Annabelle Rivkin and Emily McMeekin of The Middalt. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought. It's best to believe that good things are in the post. Hi, my name is Kay Adams. And to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process. So I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.